0: Morning. Red 10 standing by Red nine standing by Red 3 standing by Red 6 standing by Red 9 standing by
1: You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast Laugh it up, fuzzball Your source for entertainment
2: reviews from a galaxy far, far away This
1: is it He lays a clinkers.
2: Welcome to the Iron Cannon podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-host Tom and William. Man, guys, I am so excited to talk about today's episode. And just God, nobody's listening to this, are they? It's just us,
1: huh? What, we're what? in the
2: void, speaking to no one? What?
1: what? 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 You were saying something? Yeah. Uh, oh, I get it. At some the, people, people at uh, some yeah, point, so people are just going to roll their eyes at us, at like
0: you, know. Do you guys always make these stupid jokes. <laughs>
1: well, even P.O. would have sat here and done the same thing. What do you? What do you expect? Oh, uh, well, uh, okay. Yeah, I know. We, anyway. we better. Yeah, I think I, William. I think save us and get to the news, please.
0: <laughs> well, uh, we do have some news about Andor, Andor season two. Of course, as you know, they are currently filming, and we have three new directors joining. Um, In season two, uh, just similar to how Toby Haynes, Susanna White, and Benjamin Karan are uh, the directors of the first four, um, sorry, 12 episodes of this season. Uh, Next season, Ariel Kleinman, Janice Metz, and Alonzo Ruzpalcios, I hope I did not butcher that, um, will be directing next season um ariel and janice will each be doing uh sorry janice and alonso will each be doing two while ariel kleinman uh kleinman will be doing the two of the of the four arcs next season so uh yeah th- thanks to collider for breaking that news in an interview with tony gilroy i'm excited i think you know these these directors have a lot of um uh they're they're pretty well known i think they worked on uh shoot what's the name of uh diego luna has a pretty popular show uh one of them directed uh that there's a oh. good um it's a good pedigree there so i'm excited i i'm just really i can't wait for season two in general because that's that's where it's gonna it's gonna roll right in to rogue one mm-hmm. at the very end so that should be Quite a good time. Not to be excited about that. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. To see the stepping stones to get to where we get to Rogue One, cannot wait. Yeah.
0: But before that, we have the last four episodes of this season to review. Tom, why don't you tell us and our listeners what we're gonna be discussing tonight?
1: Well, tonight we're gonna be covering and or episode nine, Nobody's Listening, directed by Toby Hayes and written by Bo Willeman. In this episode, under intense scrutiny while imprisoned, Cassian makes allies to plan an impossible escape. I'll tell you, this whole prison thing is getting more fascinating and I think for the prisoners scarier as the episode went.
2: It is. I'll say, like, broadly, and to like spoil the end of like review at the end, I'm. I'm finding this sequence is dragging a little bit more than I might prefer. Uh, I'm still fascinated yeah. by everything that's happening inside the prison, but it's it's taken a while to go on. Like it's all it's only at the very end of this episode that I really felt like the story was starting here. I don't know if you guys felt the same.
0: No, no, I I, I agree. It, it's it's again the acting just continues to shine, mm. but the storytelling, the is, and the dialogue and the dialogue and the writing, you yeah. know, yes, all of that stuff. Uh, but at least on on Cassian side of things, the storytelling is it feels like he's kind of in a holding pattern, right? Uh, he's she's treading water, as we talked about last season. Um and some of that is important, right? You need some of that because if they if he gets thrown into prison and then he immediately escapes the next episode, it's too easy. That said, um, you know, I think there's a lot of the same stuff in this episode, but things are starting to slowly be revealed and again this this whole show is Mm -hmm. in many ways a slow burn and so it kind of fits the overall style of the show so again i can't complain overall but i would like to see a little more start happening uh at least in Cassian's storyline next week the other storylines though are are you know starting to pick up a bit so i'm excited to talk about those i i guess let's let's start do you guys want to start with uh, maybe Bix's interrogation? Cause I think that's a, that was maybe I think the most that intense.
1: A, yeah. I think that was the best place to start because I think that one moved the story a little bit further on than what we were talking about when it came to Cassian being in prison.
2: Yeah. yeah I, oh. I just really appreciate, I mean, jumping to the end of Bix's story a little bit, but like I appreciate the reveal that she's not a rebel. Like she's not there to, you know, protect secrets or, do any of those types of things. Like when Deidre starts, uh, would you call it turning the screws? Like, I don't even know how to, what to really call that interrogation style, turning you the know, audio. <laughs> yeah. Like
1: I, it's, it, it's just, just, I would say the most brutal interrogation oh. style, the empire could come up with. That's all. Oh, I don't I know could about come
2: the most brutal. I, mean, I think no in time. this
1: respect for what we've seen, it was pretty brutal. Whatever they put on her head.
0: Well, that's what i the thing i really enjoyed about the sequence is that we get a star Star wars doesn't always show us the torture sequence right they show us just enough at the beginning if you think of like leia getting tortured or han getting tortured just enough of them starting to like yell and then they cut away but in this one what stood out to me and made it so different was that it was all about the audio right and the Doctor Gorse so messed up, right? He tried to basically extract this choral, agonized, pleading of these children on this planet that were dying during this massacre, and they he plays it in headphones for for Bix, and he says that it, even even the Imperial comms officers who heard this went crazy, just overhearing it over the comms. Um, and also side note, the fact that they had to record everyone d- dying in this massacre just as like you know proof of mission is just ugh, just show you how evil the empire is but it, yeah very it's very much disgustingly oh, yeah. evil oh yeah it's yeah incredibly evil but what really was so amazing was the way they played with sound right because you're they, they they describe how terrible this sound is and then they put the headphones on bix's head and start and you don't hear anything it's complete silence and all you see is her facial expression and then her starting to breathe heavily and then scream out. And it just like from an audio design standpoint, it was incredibly dead.
2: I'd say it's more than just the audio design. Like this this is just a perfect example of like directing, writing, uh, cinematography, like all coming together. And I think it's what's made Andor so much better in a lot of ways than a lot of other Star Wars shows, is it just they're they're hitting out of the park. Like mm-hmm imagine like just imagine oh, God does like this the script for this is like uh Bix has headphones put on her. she screams like or she gets mm-hmm. increasingly scared and then screams. Mm-hmm. It's the type of thing like if they if they didn't do it well, it would not you would not be enjoying it right. like well, that was dumb wow like okay, but like just every aspect of what they put together
1: mm-hmm.
2: makes it come through. And makes like, okay, she's listening to the screams of dying children. I'm like, that's awful. But, like, does that really make you insane? It sells you on it, you know?
1: Right. Well, what also helped sell is the actor who played Dr. Gorst. I mean, just how he sat there with sometimes that little bit of a smile on his face. Like, he was almost enjoying what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And then you had to get the actress who was playing Bix. She had to sell this. So we could totally believe it. And she did. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to talk about not only the directing, the writing, and everything, but to have both of those actors sell this as something terrifying was amazing to watch.
0: Yeah, Adrian Arjuna did a phenomenal job there. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, and so it's the the whole thing, and also even the 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 conversation between Didra and Bix was so well done. Again, you know Denise Gao and Adrian Arjuna just continuing to shine in their roles and how Deidre is, you know, like Bix knows that no matter what, actually the, the, when when Deidre says the worst thing you can do is bore me is such a great line. And then when Bix acknowledges, it doesn't matter what I say, you're not going to believe me. Right. And she's like, no, right. I suppose not. Oh, the writing is just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. <sighs> this is just where I think the, the show just continues to, to shine.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm curious. What did you guys think of the the, the information we learned about the the rebels on Ferrex? We didn't really know how serious the rebellion was and how they got this comms device, the fractal radio unit. Um, and we finally got some answers in this episode. What did Tom? What, what did you What did you think?
1: I I didn't read it so much as as it was the rebellion that was being set up there i read it as it was luthan was just basically a a god how did i read that? it was like almost like a go-between he was the one that was going to get the the stuff and she was going to be the one that was going to basically sell it i really didn't see it as there was a rebellion that was being set there i might have read it wrong but that's how i saw this Stephen, what were your thoughts yeah, it, it, putting, it, it didn't no, appear to be a full cell. Yeah,
2: yeah. It, it's, you know, a guy working for a guy, and, you know, maybe they want to throw one back at the Empire, but they don't know anything about, you mm-hmm. know, uh yeah. Luthen. They don't know anything about the Rebellion. They don't even know there is a Rebellion. Just like, yeah, there's a guy who wants to buy parts, and I can stick it to the Empire that way. Yeah, it's, I yeah. like, it's like I said, I like Bix rolling over here, because she's not a rebel, not yet. Like, maybe she will be eventually, but, like, at this point in time, she was making some money on the side and mm-hmm. had a good weapons contact. She doesn't know or care about anything beyond that.
1: And it seems like Deirdre, there was no way she was going to take that as an answer, that she was just somebody, a middleman, because I just want to make money. But she's trying to find Luther, which I find very fascinating. Their code name for him is Axis. I, I was like, OK, that's interesting that they've got that code name. but they are so digging in to who he is. And she's just like, look, I have something I want to sell him. I call him up he comes and buys it I make the money that's all it is I have no idea what he does after that cuz I'm just doing this
0: right exactly and it's it makes sense though right she would she she definitely resists she doesn't try to stop but clearly the pain is is too much um, but I did find it interesting that we we got to understand a little bit more about how uh, like the fractal radio unit got there, right? Because we were always wondering, well, why is there this radio that signals the rebellion? What? How does Bix use this? How does she know? And it turns out that Salma and Pak uh, had traveled to Jandra to meet for the separatist meeting. Um, and again, we—that's another reinforcement that the people of Ferrix were often separatists previously during the during the Clone Wars. So he travels to the separatist meeting where this unknown woman recruits him to be a liaison for the planet and that she's the one who gives him the radio. Uh, but apparently she never really engaged them that much. All she really did was use Salman use, um, uh, Pak to help steal Imperial equipment. And it's, it's a fascinating setup
2: yeah my, my guess is we'll yeah. maybe see more things like this over time and it's you know the rebel or the rebel alliance or the proto rebel alliance at this point like putting out the feelers so when the time comes for them to start calling people in or try and recruiting they have these kind of pre-built existing networks of um, separate separatists is the wrong word because I don't mean it in the you know capital S separatists but people who are not fans of the empire and they'll be able to decide like some of them you know like Bix or the folks on Ferex maybe aren't uh, rebel material, but that doesn't mean they can't, you know, bring in weapons or other things or play a role without, you know, knowing how they fit into the bigger picture, as it were.
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh, Which
1: that I think is going to be fascinating to see how all these pieces are going to fit into that bigger picture because we're, we're starting to see that Deirdre is finally getting to the point where she's starting to piece all this stuff together, mm-hmm. and all this stuff is basically, and it seems like, you know. Is all of it coming through Ferex? Is all of it coming through some Ferrex is a key for all of this. And she's finally getting it together and is saying, look, and she's presenting it, saying, This is what I found. This is what I found from Bix and Pac. And and there, there's something here. So watching this go forward is going to be fascinating.
0: Yeah. And we we see that uh, you know, she's Deidre is already starting to put together based on the information she got from uh, Deidre, a list of the various gear that has been acquired. and we start. Um, we we learn that Maya Pei, who Sagarrera mentioned last week, um, has stolen or, or somehow basically got some of the one of the, some of the stolen gear end up in at a safe house associated with Maya Pei, uh, and she leads the neo Republican uh, group. So clearly there's going to be a lot more. I think we're going to see a lot more of these factions coming into play over the next few episodes and going into season two. I think they'll all play really big roles, both both her as well as Anton Krieger, who we find out later. Um, the, the ISP actually uncovers a plot from the plot from Anton Krieger that saw, that Saga and Luthan were talking about last week in the last episode. Uh, the ISP actually uncovers that and is now gonna stage a trap. So a lot of really interesting developments happening.
1: Setting up nicely for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm
0: excited to see where they take it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. St- Steven, are you, are you excited for the the trap? Do you do you think the mission's gonna go through? Will will Saw help uh, um... Anton Krieger or is that gonna just fail? hmm I I have a feeling it will fail but I I
2: don't actually know like I'm curious if we'll actually follow through on it or not I'm I'm honestly not convinced one way or the other at this point
0: part of me thinks that maybe the I don't maybe this will happen off screen right because we saw Deidre's interrogation of the rebel pilot that they captured randomly um all happens off screen in this episode and from that, they learn of Anton Krieger's plot to uh, raid the power station on Spellhouse. Uh, but since we haven't met Anton Krieger yet and since Saw Gerrera refused to help with the mission, I don't know. I suspect that maybe we won't see this this raid. Maybe it'll just all happen off screen. What do you guys think?
1: I think that's probably a logical choice because they have so much right now that they have to... Keep pulling the threads on that are in front of you that this may end up taking you off to the side. Sure, Saga probably could be part of it, but it seems like this is something they could do off screen and just bring it in as like a report saying this is what we're able to find. And these are the parts we're able to find. And that rebel pilot that we were able to interrogate proved to be useful. And, you know, I, I think that makes more sense. With everything they have to continue forward with.
2: You know, I'm going to be honest. I didn't realize that we were just talking about it. That that was the same mission that Luther talked to Saw about.
1: I, I, I have makes, to agree because I I was a little lost on that too.
2: It makes me. I suspect this will be an off-screen thing if it ends up being a big deal at all. I think if it was going to be I think it would have maybe tried to connect it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm honestly not sure. Well, I think we'll we'll find out one way or the other.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think, I think because of the last episode when you saw Luthan and Saw talk about it, and then they talked about it in this episode, it just seems like a natural progression is to keep it as a sideline thing to happen off screen. Because so far, two of the conversations, it was off screen. Why bring it on screen at this point when you've got all the other threads like I was mentioning? You've got to continue forward. Yeah.
0: I, I, I agree. I think that's what that's what they'll they'll end up doing. But it sounds like a cool mission.
1: <laughs> uh, it may be something that we could get a comic book from. I don't know. I'm just joking. But you know, it's yeah. a possibility. It might be interesting to see, but I think it, it's it's safer to say stay off screen yeah. at this point.
0: Agreed. Okay. Well, um can, can we, we-
2: so we're we're kind of talking about ISB. Can we yeah. talk about Cyril?
0: Yes,
1: yes. Please, a... please, please, please.
2: I'm deeply concerned for this man. <laughs> uh, yep. So am I. Like the moment that that scene where Dedra walks up to her place of work and he's just standing there, like a creeper like on it. Yes, should have, like I, maybe this is a bold stance. Dieter should have just stop, shot him like right then and there. Like <laughs> Ooh. this man is stalking me. Um, this is not acceptable behavior. Just no big old no.
1: I, I, I totally agree with you. And here I am the guy when the episode when the show first started thinking, oh, well, he's going to be the one that's going to help her at some point because he's going to have to clear his name and she's probably going to be the one that's there and say, hey, you actually saw him you well you did have a gun to your head but you did you did see him and you know you are trying to clear your name let me bring you in on this and and you help me but no he is gotten so creepy when he was outside the ISB especially when he grabbed her i i almost expected her to put him in a headlock at that point and just off him right there in front of ISB yep well, yeah
0: then. oh i totally agree he He's clearly very he, he almost has like tunnel vision. He is so focused on redeeming himself and and more than that, it's not even redeeming himself, it's proving himself right and stopping these, you know, evil rebels scum. That he he will do anything he can to 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 save the empire, basically. I think. It, I think it, he is like such a, such a true believer that he wants to uh, do anything possible, including stalking an ISB agent for you know weeks at a time, which I feel like is not the greatest career decision. But well, you know, to it's certain, Cyril.
1: Just it is Cyril, but to a certain extent, he did kind of sit there in a creepy way, kind of thank her for the promotion that he got with his job. You know, because it, it's like hey thank you for this but i'm gonna be even creepier with you it's like just just say thank you for the promotion and let me just go on my way oh yeah <laughs> now, i mean
0: not gonna lie oh. i thought i thought he was lying about the promotion at first when he mentioned it to his mom i was like there's no way he actually got a promotion
1: you know but what now he that did you bring it now that you bring it up now that you bring it up i uh, could see that but i didn't buy no, it he, at he that totally point. got he totally actually I, did get the
0: promotion I yeah, think you're did. missing why he got the promotion, though. The, like,
2: as far as his boss is concerned, one of his employees was taken into a room with the Imperial Security Bureau. Yep.
0: And walked out. Yep. That yep.
2: is like, yep. oh, man. Like, so you're clearly not a threat to the Empire or else you would not have walked out, which must mean you're some kind of asset. And I really, I, I'm a good Imperial
0: citizen. You, Yes, you've been doing an amazing job, clearly. exactly. Yep.
1: yep. Yeah, yeah
0: yes and so that is exactly why he got it um but when he was telling his mom i i didn't i didn't
1: believe it at all (laughs) it turns out it was true now that you bring it up i i completely because she's so happy about oh my god your uncle's gonna be so happy about this oh uh," and i still feel sorry for him because he's still eating that same bowl of cereal every morning it's like that. There's got to Look, get Cocoa it Puffs, or something.
2: Cyril's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs.
1: Okay, there you like, go. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Better <laughs> they
2: taste really good. I, oh, one boy. or the
1: other. Try, 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 try a melron or something else. Try put something else in there. <laughs> That's yeah you, would, yeah. you would hope. Yeah,
0: you'd think. No, um, but yeah, it's just again such a such a well done. The acting in this episode just continues to to shine. I I, I think, you know, and the writing. It's just that's maybe the 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 greatest thing about this this show which is good, especially for a slow a show that is a slow burn. It's important they have good writing. Let's though shall we shall we turn our attention to Cassian? What do you guys so and we started to talk about it at the at the top, but let's let's discuss his uh, kind of what happens in the prison. It's a lot of observation to start with.
2: Yeah, it's I. I appreciate that Cassian's kind of back on balance at this point. Mm-hmm. You can tell every step of the way he is trying to make the plan to figure out how he's going to get out here. How many guards are on each floor? What does their schedule look like? What's the pattern when someone comes in? What's the pattern when someone goes out? Uh, he is look. He is working every angle he can possibly find to try and figure this, this out. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, um, it, you know, it, it, I, I thought for sure, maybe there was going to be another prison break, right. When he's, he's analyzing the guard routines and, uh, right at the very beginning, um, and kind of noticing, Oh wait, when they go up and down the, the platform, uh, but so far,
1: nothing, no, not yet well there 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 is something leading to it because there, the whole thing about this episode was what's happening on level two Mm
0: -hmm.
1: okay and then there's sign language going you know between every between the tunnels which still it's kind of like it seems like it's very rudimentary because even it appears that no matter what they're saying they can't quite understand what's being said back and forth but what really kind of kicked things more into gear is he lost, uh, Olaf, which that was kind of sad to see. Here's a guy who has got 40 shifts left before he's actually released. He basically has a stroke. And this kind of, this kind of when they bring the doctor in to quote unquote, try and save him kind of kicks in a little bit more about what is happening in that prison especially down mm-hmm. in level two.
0: Yeah, and that's what gets Kino Loy to really change, uh, I do want to say change sides, but come around to the idea of resisting the Empire. Last week, he was kind of positioned as a sort of villain. Not exactly, right? He's a, he's a fellow prisoner, but he's he's the one in charge. He's been, his, his butt's on the line to make sure they all do well. And if he does, in theory, he has, it gets a better prison sentence. And so in some ways, he's the main antagonist of last week's episode, not even the like the warden or the 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 folks in charge of the prison but here he starts to learn that well they i think it's really when once they learned the empire made a mistake and accidentally sent someone back to a different level instead of i'm assuming like a different prison on the planet they act they accidentally sent a prisoner to a different level of the same prison and of course in word got word got out that they're they're not ending their prison sentences. They're just going right back in. They had the empire ended up killing everyone on the entire floor, and that's that kind of the news that started to spread, and eventually convinced um, him to change. So it wasn't super
2: clear to me. So I I want to walk through this with you guys. Okay. So it was a prisoner who was released, like they finished their sentence, and then they got m- just put on a different floor.
0: Uh, yeah. They think the, the way I understood it is normally. They would send the prisoner out of the um, out of the prison. Basically, the, no one's prison sentences are ever done. As soon as you run out of time, you get sent to another lo- another prison to serve out your sentence again. And they accidentally sent someone to a different floor, and but so everyone on not- the floor realized and write it. The thing I don't understand is, well, wouldn't everyone have write it at a different prison too?
2: Yeah, that's that's why I'm confused. Well, here. Like, I don't feel like there's any situation here where this is helpful.
1: No, that's a good point. Now that you bring it up, because even I was thinking about that. If they were to send him to another prison, yeah, because he would probably realize when he got to the other prison. Well, he he'd tells all the like, other oh, people, "Hey, I just came yeah, from the thought, prison," and, and so on and so on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it 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 seemed like the the impression that I got when Doctor Rashiv. Right. Um, When he came to basically hopefully save Olaf, um, the impression I got was nobody's going to leave that prison, period. And I got the impression Mm -hmm. that they were just going to basically, you know, it wasn't so much maybe because this prisoner got sent back to this prison and they got everybody got rid of everybody on the floor. Maybe now it's a decree to where when your sentence is over, we're just going to off you. That way mm. we can't take you to another prison to start another riot because the doctor did say that he's in a better place at this point because he was going to go somewhere else that he wouldn't be in a better place because he'd be back in prison again. Yeah. I mean, that's the impression I got now that we talk about it.
0: Yeah, I, I, th- I think that makes sense. I mean, ultimately, the, the important thing is the Empire. They're not letting anyone go. And it's it's just not a good situation at all um and that's why that's why i think finally kino lloyd decides, no it's time to it's time to fight back it's it's time to to join and he actually at the very end of the episode uh actually gives cassian the, the information he's he's looking for but nah i yeah it's it's fascinating to see. I'm very interested to to see what happens next week. Presumably they're going to learn all the information that they are going to take all that information they've gleaned over the last episode and a half and stage A, hopefully an a epic prison break.
1: Well, really there wasn't much. I mean, the only thing you could figure is that when Cassian came in, there was that that stressful incident when he when he was being brought in, the guard ended up being late. Okay. And then we really only saw how when they brought in a new prisoner, there were two guards that came in and then they came down from the lift. You know, sure, all the guards are going to be outnumbered. okay, but how are they going to pull this off and how much other information other than that could they have gotten? Even trying to do the sign language between floors, that was more of a hearsay of what's happening on the floors, not so much passing information between we have this information. You guys take this information and this information and all this has to go with security and we start piecing it together. So it will, it will be fascinating to see what happens next episode with what they know yeah. and how they're going to pull it off.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm very, very curious. Like, I feel like the pieces are all there. We've got whatever Cassian was working on in the, the bathroom. I think it was. Which... Oh yeah.
0: I forgot. he's
1: you know, cutting the that pressure. That, yeah. Yeah. That right?
2: like sawing through wire with like a, a single knife or whatever. I will say, I feel like someone should discover that. Like that seems very obvious that there's like one panel that's obviously broken, but <laughs> it, yeah. was, it stood yeah. out
0: like a sore thumb, <laughs> but that's okay. We'll, we'll give it to them.
1: It's, it's the empire. They'll overlook some things, you know, maybe it was like, you know, they, they, they had, they had an intern repair it. So right. yeah, could yeah. have been that.
0: Um, Okay, so the biggest surprise, I I think, of the episode was the reveal that Vel is actually Mon Mothma's cousin. W- 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 I don't know. Did this this come out of left field as much for you guys
1: as it did for me? Yeah, that, for me, it came out I'm of not, left field.
2: I'm not the biggest fan of the reveal, honestly. Like... I like the idea that the rebellion is a little bit wider and not just a bunch of people who all happen to know each other. Um, I it does create some interesting drama to have, you know, Mon Mothma not know what is up to and vice versa and so yeah, on. on. But it's a little, it feels a little odd to me, honestly.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree in some ways it makes the, the galaxy feel a little smaller in other ways. I, you, you exactly said what I was, what I was thinking because it, it, she mon mothma and luthan are kind of in in this conflict as we saw a couple episodes ago uh and mon mothma doesn't approve of the uh aldani raid and she has no idea that her own cousin led the raid which is really fascinating but again it makes the galaxy feel just a little bit smaller but uh, either way it was it was cool it's fun to see how, you know, Vel is, she's been, she's been gone and her family's wondering where she is. And so Mon Mothma basically goes, tell her, no, you have to go pretend to be a spoiled rich girl for a bit so that suspicions are not arised. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I guess you know, it's, I like the, the Mon Mothma storyline quite a bit. I hope it starts to pick up a little bit more because aside from Vel, we got, some more background around about how mon mothma or tay colma can't move the money for mon mothma there's like four hundred thousand credits and there's a there's a paper trail he can't cover it up unless she borrows a bunch of money and to do that she has to borrow it from a a, a thug named davos Scalden, which is a very cool name um <laughs>
2: sure why not yeah.
0: <laughs> of course she's not happy with it but you know We'll see if he actually shows up on *Coruscant* next week. But I don't know. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, slower going there. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, I mean, I still love seeing it. I love the show, and I am very much interested in seeing what happens next.
2: Yeah, agreed.
1: Oh, totally agree.
0: Yeah, I got totally any other thoughts on? Mon storyline here before we continue on
1: I no I think I'm good okay. I the, the only thing the only thing you can talk about is when she was in the Senate room and this is this is where you start to see that support for her in the Senate not going too well yeah, yeah. You
2: know, the Dow- it, the and, as a whole is not woken up to what's going on just yet no
1: not at all. You know, and then you can see how this is going to push her in the direction she's heading.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's going to also prove how much of a risk she's going to take, especially when it comes to the money in this transfer. The Senate's pushing her one way. Now we'll see if because of this money transfer, because it's a lot of money and she has to cover it up, how much this is going to push her that way. And if she's willing to take that risk, which more than likely she's going to have to take that risk, regardless Mm -hmm. if she likes it or not.
0: I think she will end up meeting with Davo, but I think she has to. I, I
1: don't, I don't think she's got a choice. Right. She, she has got to do that. She may
0: not want to, Right. but she has to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's the show, even when it's slower, the show is just so good. It's so good.
2: Yeah. It, the writing definitely keeps it, you know, at least above water which
1: I'm very thankful for. Yeah. But I, I got to get back to the writing and the acting because in some cases it's, you get back to Bix and you get back to Deirdre, how they are delivering those lines, especially Deirdre's Deirdre is a lot is a, such a fun character to watch because the amount of emotion that she puts into those lines when she really wants to get a point across Oh
0: yeah,
1: is so fascinating because it's not just the words that are coming out of her mouth, but I will say this. It's the facial expressions and it's it's just how the force that she's putting in there just to make that point, especially with Cyril. I mean, my God, that scene between the two of them with the psychotic guy and her. Like I said, you're ready to see her just put him in a headlock and just take care of him right there.
0: Yep. I, yeah, I, I feel like I've already said everything I can say about this It's just, the acting in the writing is just phenomenal. Like, there's not a whole lot else you could say, but it's just so good.
1: No, absolutely. There, there's not much more. Yeah. So yeah. we uh I was going to say, if that's the case, we up for um, getting to our ratings. Let's do it.
0: Steven, you want to kick us things off?
1: Yeah, I think
2: t- I wish I could remember what I gave last week's episode um, I think I gave it like I can, a six. I can tell you if you want. If you want, I, I think I gave it a six point five. And while I'm talking, feel free to confirm. But uh, I think I'm going to give this episode a six point five as well. Um, again, like we're we're clearly in a building phase. The episode is enjoyable. Like I'm not. I don't get up after it's over and be like, oh, that was a waste of time." But I do get up feeling yeah, like, "Well, I wish we would move a little bit faster." Um, the dialogue, the writing, the the world building, all. Like, that's what gives it uh, watchability. It makes it worth watching through. But it's not the type of episode I would come back and watch again. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as with the previous, you know, three-episode arc, I suspect the next episode will be the one that's like, oh, no, this is the one I'm here for. The prison break, the, you know, potentially the job that Luthen and Saar are looking at. Like, whatever goes on with, like, hopefully Deidre is killing Cyril because that seems like it would be the, the correct choice. Um, I hope not. Though. I, love, I, I, I think Cyril
0: is such a great character.
2: He he is. <laughs> but he's just major stalker vibes. And you just, you can't stalk an Imperial officer. Yeah. actually, not an officer of the ISB. Like, that's
0: just, that's just no, just no. I still um, think eventually they will team up. Or maybe I, I'm crazy. I,
2: but... I, at this point, I think you are crazy. I don't think <laughs> I,
1: I'm, ha- I'm going to have to agree with Steven. I think it is at this point because... There has to be only so far. You can take that serial character going after Deirdre. The way she has been written and the way she is acting this, you can't let it make it a third time he does this again without her doing something retaliatory Mm -hmm. in return. Well, I think
0: the only way it would make sense is if she realized that she needs him. She stumbles across something, and she's like, oh...
2: Here's my prediction, and I uh, you've interrupted my review oh, time. William. Sorry, sorry to, uh, well, I, I
1: blame me a, too. No,
2: Go ahead. No, that's fair. that's uh, fair. No, sorry. Now I feel like I was rude. Um, <laughs> but I, I think what's going to happen with Cyril is going to be uh, Cyril will get rebuffed by the ISB, but he's still obsessed with finding Andor, and he's going to. And I think he's going to find Cassian or get a lead on Cassian, and I think the ISB will ignore him. Mm-hmm. Um, and like oh just a crazy stalker that's been bothering Deidre like just ignore him and that will be a crystallizing moment for him when he realizes that yeah he can catch Andor but no one cares like no one actually wants to listen to him and if he wants to be important he's gonna have to go do something else and I don't know what that something else will be Mm -hmm. I don't know if he'll join the rebellion
0: that would be kind of crazy but like that's my that was my early prediction Uh, it wouldn't surprise me but you know know, Uh. so you're saying Steven though that he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna realize that Nobody in the empire is listening to him.
2: Yeah, that's a great. You know what, William? I I, I don't know where you picked out the language for that, but yeah, <laughs> it's like nobody is listening to him. Um,
1: which, yeah. So you were saying
2: to wrap up this very odd, lengthy review: six and a half womp rats out of ten. Solid episode. Need like plot isn't really moving along, with, hence the lower score. Um, basically, the same as the previous episode, which I think had the same issue. Um and my six and a half womp rats, you know, they're so Cyril is busy stalking Deirdre. And little does he know there are six and a half womp rats stalking him because once on uh I can't remember the name of his planet, uh Morlana, was that right Um like he gave them some like scraps, you know, that he had from a leftover meal, and they've been stalking him ever since. And he doesn't realize and he doesn't see the irony. Um, and nobody's listening to each other. So there you go. Six and a half womp rats. Tom,
1: why don't you go next? I think you and I are going to agree on this one because I'm also going to give it a six, six and a half womp rat rating. I think we've said enough on how this episode goes. And and I'm just going to say this. I am going to take my six and a half womp rats. And I really think Cyril is the type of guy who needs to have companionship in that apartment because my God, if I had to live with a mom like that, I'd be going crazy too, sitting there eating nothing but uh, puffs all day out of blue milk. So these six and a half womp rats are basically when he comes home at night, they try and keep him company and to some extent try and keep him sane because it was that half womp rat that was like, dude, you got to stay away from her. So Deirdre had, Deirdre had to take something out on someone. So it was that half womp rat to where it was, Cyril happened to have brought his little comfort, you know, uh, womp rat with him. And that's why it's a half womp rat because you know, Deirdre had to take it out on somebody because this guy's creepy. So there you go. That's six and a half Womp rats are keeping him company. Okay. William, you go next.
0: Yeah, you know, I I still, I love this show. It is so good. It's a slow burn, yes. It, go, it moves a little slower, but a lot of prestige shows do that as well. It takes its time. And I love that the show is not afraid to take its time and really explore the characters and have great writing. You know, it doesn't all have to be action all the time. Um, and and even though it feels like we're treading water a little bit, you know, I I like the the teases we're starting to get, especially the dynamic with you know, the between Deidre and Bix and Deidre and um Cyril. Fantastic. Uh, The Mon Motha storyline is still interesting, although a little less so this week. Um, I'm curious to see what happens with um, uh, uh, Davos and then uh, next uh The of course of Cassian jailbreak next uh, next episode should be good, but for this one, I think I'm gonna give it seven and a half Womp rats out of ten. And uh, my seven and a half Womp rats, uh, you know, someone's gotta keep cereal company while he's stalking Deidre, and so he just sits there feeding the Womp rats outside the <coughs> ISP headquarters, waiting, <sighs> waiting for his one true Imperial love, Deidre.
1: So, so basically he's like the lady from Mary Poppins who's feeding the birds. He's feeding the womp rat. Exactly. That's exactly Okay. It.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. My takeaway is I'm just deeply concerned for Cyril. Like, yeah. So that, that's the summary of this episode, if you don't care, listen to anything else we talked about. Just know Cyril is a deeply disturbed human being and yeah. probably like clearly has some mommy issues that are probably coming to play here. Uh, uh, I, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what happens to him next week because it probably isn't going to be good. I hope he's okay.
0: I don't want him to die. <laughs> 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 oh. Well, coming up on Ion Canon, we have our review of Tales of the Jedi. I know we promised it for before this episode. We apologize. It is coming. Um, so stay tuned. It should be very soon. Um, we're just finishing up a couple details there and then we'll be able to drop our, our review of tales of the Jedi. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this with you guys. There's a lot of, uh, as a, as of course, as a, you know, we're all Clone Wars fans and this show has a lot of, adds a lot of interesting depth to the characters. So I'm looking forward to ta- reviewing that with you guys very soon. Anything else from you guys before we, uh, head out, close out this episode?
1: Mm. I think I'm good. Steven?
0: Yeah, nothing from my side. I'm just looking forward to what comes next.
1: Yep, same here.
0: Well, with that then, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you.
1: Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. The Ion Cannon podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.